0: Was playing the Oklahoma State Cowboys the toughest game that Arizona State Sun Devils football is going to have to play this year? And what are some positives that fans can take from this team despite a one and one start? We're here to answer these questions and more on this edition of the Locked On Sun Devils Mailbag. Our Locked On Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, and welcome back to the Locked On Sun Devils podcast. My name is Richie Bradshaw, and I will be your guide for everything Arizona State Sun Devils. Thank you all so much, as always, for making this the first listen of the day. The podcast is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. If you want to see me in a visual platform, of course, wherever you do get those podcasts, though, hit that like and subscribe button and turn on notifications so you get an update every time we post new content, which is Monday through Friday. To stay in touch with all that content, Make sure you're following me on Twitter. You can find me at RichieBrads36 and follow the podcast while you're there as well at LO underscore Sun Devils. Stay in touch with everything going on with the Arizona State Sun Devils all the time. Mailbag time. It's that best time of the week. Make sure that you guys are submitting your questions on all the videos that we post, submitting them to me on Twitter. Look for the post specifically that I drop on Twitter as well, asking for your mailbag questions. We have seven this week, which is the most that we've had so far. And I'm really excited to dive into them. I think there's some really fun questions here. And we're going to jump into what the question that I find to be the most interesting here. Was Oklahoma State the toughest game on the schedule or are you more concerned for USC? Great question. Right now, I think they technically are because at the time of you playing them, the Oklahoma State Sooners, were or not the Oklahoma State Sooners, woof, my bad. Oklahoma State Cowboys were the number 11 school in the country. And, of course, now going into uh, this upcoming week, they have jumped up to the number uh, 8 team in the nation. So they, they were able to move up. They're in that top 10 now. But, of course, USC is number 7, so they are ahead. But at the time of this game, you know, Oklahoma State was ranked 11. By the time we get to the USC game, maybe they're ranked higher. Or maybe they're ranked a little lower. I'm not sure. Overall, though, this to me, like, I'm, I'm done being like a USC like hater, quote unquote. This is a This is a good team. This is a very, very good team. I was absolutely wrong about them in saying that they were going to need at least a year to, you know, grow together and mesh. And no, that's that couldn't be further from the truth. This is already a great football team. Potentially the Pac-12 champions that you're looking at right now, which would make them probably the toughest game remaining on the schedule, especially because you have to go to L.A. Like Utah is a very good football team. At least you got them in 10P, but you got to play USC, who's a top 10 team right now on the road, and they're just they're playing like one of the best teams in America right now. So as as of now, yes, Oklahoma State is the toughest game by the time you get to USc that could be different if you're asking me if I'm more concerned for USc I would say yes because it's a it's a it's an inner conference game and could be a massive sign of you know what what your season is going to look like if you can pull off this upset then it feels like the sky's the limit if you lose close you know moral victory if you get blown out I mean it just I don't. I don't really know what you do from that point. Uh, next question: If you could pick one position group that needs to improve the most, what is it? If you've been listening to the podcast, you know what it is. It's the offensive line. The left tackle spot specifically needs an upgrade. You just you you are leaving Emory Jones out to dry right now. They're doing a very good job in the run game with the run blocking. They clearly know what they're doing with one of the best rushing attacks in the entire nation and Xavier Valade having 200-yard games in his first two games in his college football career with the Arizona State Sun Devils. They have no issues run blocking, but the pass blocking just needs to be better. They're letting Emory Jones down. He's getting sacked like it's nobody's business right now. He was absolutely pummeled against Oklahoma State, and even though he was only brought down three times, I mean, they were constantly in his face. There was tons of knockdowns. was tons of pressure. The offensive line needs to improve because if they can't figure it out soon, then I mean, you're just you're looking at a team that is going to entirely struggle to do anything offensively. You're only going to be as good as your offensive line is. and right now that offensive line is not good at all. So like or it's it's not that it's not good at all. Let me walk that back. There there is talent there. I like what's available at Left Tackle. It is incredibly unproven, and at this point, it, it's frustrating to put it politely. Uh, obviously Ladarius Henderson and Ben Scott are good players. I think the right side of the line has been playing. Okay. I feel like Des Holmes and Chris Martinez could be better, but they could also be a lot worse, but the offensive line does definitely need to step up and start performing better than what they have been doing up to this point. Uh, Next question. What would you say is the team's biggest hurdle that they need to work on to improve from last week's performance? Again, just, I feel like it goes back to the offensive line is, because of your inability to protect Emory Jones last week and just watch him get pummeled repeatedly and unable to get anything going in the passing game, it really set your team back and you were not able to, to really just do what you, what you were supposed to do, I guess, or at least what you could have done. We'll put it that way because you probably weren't supposed to throw up 40 points in Oklahoma state, but the way that the defense was playing and the amount of opportunities Arizona State had it, it it doesn't feel like it was that unrealistic but the biggest reason why is they just couldn't get anything going offensively they couldn't sustain any drives they couldn't you know capitalize on any turnovers that they had they didn't have the one interception from Kyle Soley. and they just weren't able to do anything with anything that was given to them. It, it, good field position, nothing. First drive of the game, went right down the field inside the five-yard line, had to settle for a field goal, didn't score until the third quarter again. This team was just consistently let down. The coaching definitely needs to improve. I'm not about to just hang this entirely on the players. But I firmly believe that this is a better football team if the offensive line is able to hold up its end of the bargain. Uh, other than that, I, I know I've mentioned a lot of times that I really want to see the defense start to get some sacks, but that doesn't feel like this end all be all situation for the Sun Devils. This isn't going to be something that is just going to absolutely crush the team. If they ended the year averaging a sack a game, but they were, you know, a 7 and 7 and 5 football team, you take that. Obviously, you wish they could at least double that, but you know, you just you take what you can get. Right now, the defense is playing pretty darn well, despite the fact they don't have a sack on the air. So take it and run. Let's go ahead and hop into our first break. And when we return, we'll go ahead and pick it up with some more questions for our mailbag edition of the podcast. But first, a quick word from our friends over at BetOnline. BetOnline BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports information this season. Find all the latest football league developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts, including this year's opening week's games. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action happening right now. Bet Online, where the game starts. Remember, the podcast, as always, guys, is free and available on all platforms. Let's go ahead and get back into our amazing mailbag questions we have this week. Still got four more to go. Three, three. Go through. Looking at this next one here. What are the most positive and most concerning takeaways from the oh, from not Ohio State from the Oklahoma State game? Uh, most positive, I would say, is the run game continues to just chug along without any sort of issues or holdbacks. It just, it feels like this is going to be a unit that continues to grind and grind and grind and will be the biggest source of strength for the team. Even in a week against Oklahoma State where, you know, like you couldn't necessarily afford to run it as much as you did. You probably needed to throw it more, but man, you still were able to run it pretty darn good. And I mean, that's despite the fact that the play calling felt kind of lazy. With the amount of power runs that they ran instead of trying to mix it up a little bit. But nonetheless, they still managed to rush for 131 yards and over four yards of carry. So it's a very, this is a very, very good uh potent offense when it comes to being able to run the football. That's a huge positive. Another positive is just the way the defense is playing. You're playing confident right now. These guys have a swagger to them, and it feels like they're just out to prove something every week because there's so much change on this defensive side of the ball. I mean, returning was Merlin Robertson and Kyle Soli and a few guys up on the defensive line the, the back end was pretty much completely new and you lost a lot of guys to the transfer portal like Air Gentry and Jermaine Lole. So there was a lot of change on this defense, but they've looked really good this year. Yeah, they gave up 34 to Oklahoma State. But if you've heard me talk about it this week, I don't I don't want to continue to feed a fed horse, but I just don't blame them for allowing Oklahoma State to score 34 points. I truly think the offense just needed to do a better job with having longer sustained drives and being able to actually carry its weight during this game. The other upside, I would say, like what one of the things that I'm happiest about, probably the kicking game, honestly. You have uh, Chris, uh, Christian Brown has just been a stud for you this year. He hasn't missed an extra point yet. Uh, He only missed one field goal last week, and it was um, from, it it was like a long 40-yard field goal, which in college is anything but a gimme. So, I mean, he's five of six on the year. He's made all six of his extra points. This is a guy that I feel very confident in as, as, as a kicker for Arizona State, wherever they are on the field in order to get some points. I mean, we had eight combined field goals last year between Christians and Dejas, and Logan Tyler, and you already have five through two games with Christian uh, Christian Brown. Definitely really like what I'm seeing there. As far as concerns go, based off of what you saw last week, it, it, again, not to feed a fed horse, but it's the offensive line. It just has to be better. There's no excuses for it to continue playing as poorly as it has. I also want to see the offense just find a way to capitalize on – extra possessions and good field position that the defense is providing it. I mean Arizona State only converted 2 of their third down attempts last week or uh this past Saturday, I guess. Uh when they were when they were trying to actually get something done with the football and they didn't convert one of those third downs until the fourth quarter. They went 2-13 on the game. You just you can't do that and expect to win football games. Another major concern is the penalties. You had 10 penalties last week for 95 yards. And they were like detrimental penalties too, like drive extending for for the Cowboys. Like it's it just feels like Arizona State is constantly getting in its own way. And until this gets solved at speaking specifically on the penalties right now, until this gets solved, Arizona State is going to continue just shooting itself in the foot when it comes to the offensive line play and overall the offense just stepping up. This is something that they might be able to get into a good rhythm in down the road. You know, this this is a pretty much brand new offensive line, and it is a pretty much brand new offense entirely. We shouldn't be expecting this team to put up 40 points every week right off the bat, but you still want to see better performances than what you saw against Oklahoma State. So there's a lot to be happy about, but there's also a lot that you want to see improve moving forward. Uh, Next question. Who would you say had the best game against Oklahoma state and showed they belonged to playing a top 10 or top 11 school? There was a lot of really good performances last week. I feel like uh, X validate is just the first guy that's going to come to mind here is the fact that even with Oklahoma state, just stuffing the box to try and stop him. He still managed to run for 118 yards over four yards of carry and and uh, a touchdown. So he just. Was that over four yards of carry? Yes, it's well over four yards of carry. Yeah, that's over five yards of carry. Excuse me. I'm bad at math. But 118 yards, another touchdown. I mean, Valaday feels like he just, he belongs in the power five. Like it, it's incredible that he stayed at the Wyoming as long as he did. Because I'm sure if he knew how quickly he was going to adjust to power five competition, he probably would have come out a lot sooner. Valaday definitely stands out to me. Uh, I, I love Emery Jones. I don't know if I want to say that he had the best game last week. He was very, very good. Uh, Kyle Soley, it, it's just really hard to kind of overlook him at this point. He had 16 tackles last week and th- his second interception on the year in as many games. So Kyle Soley is definitely taking some really, really nice steps forward and is, to me, proving that he can be one of the more reliable defenders Arizona State, and one of its most reliable players entirely on the entire on the entire roster. I really like Kyle Sully. He has absolutely come around for me. I'm no longer the critique or hater, depending on how you want to spin it, that I was on Kyle Soley last year. I think that he's just flat out one of the best players on this team. You may argue me he's the best player on the defense. One more break before we come back. And finish up this edition of the Mailbag of the Locked On Sun Devils podcast. As always, guys, you know the drill. Make sure that you are subscribed over to the Locked On Pac-12 podcast, and making sure that you are staying up to date on the Conference of Champions by listening to my good friend Spencer McLaughlin and getting all that Pac-12 news in 30 minutes or less. I'm on there once a week for Thursday upset, uh, the upset Thursday upset special. Goodness gracious. So make sure you're checking out the Lockdown On Pac-12 podcast. Make it your second listen of the day. Two more questions before we get out of here. First one. What's been the most encouraging sign for ASU fans despite a one-on-one start? I think there's a lot more here than people will be willing to admit. But right now, I I feel like there's going to be people who disagree with me. But I feel like this football team has some grit to it. Like, they, they played so well together against NAU and it felt like these guys had already built bonds and chemistry with each other last week at Oklahoma state. I mean, it, it, it was a frustrating game. Call a spade a spade as a famous Richie Bradshaw has said before, but at the same time, you also kind of looked at this team and you were like, these, they're still fighting, right? At no point did they roll over on their back and just quit yeah, you lost by three possessions, like 34 to 17, but it, it didn't feel like you got throttled in this game. You got outplayed, you got outcoached for sure. But at no point did it feel like this game was completely out of reach. It felt like Arizona state was just a couple plays away from being able to make it a closer game. They, they covered the spread for the vast majority of the game, which was 11 points and, you know, ultimately didn't get it, but they were just right there so many times and just could not capitalize. So it it feels like these are mistakes that are going to be ironed out by mid-year. By the time we get into you know mid to late October, this is going to be a different Arizona State Sun Devils football team for the best reasons. So I, I would tell you right now, looking at a one-on-one start, be really, really happy about the grit and determination and the chemistry that these guys already seem to have with each other. And then, obviously, there's individual things you can be happy about, like the way that the secondary has stepped up this year. They already have three interceptions on the year. Could have had four based off of the week one interception that was wiped away. But, I mean, they're, they're getting turnovers. They're doing a pretty good job limiting opposing offenses. I mean, they kept Spencer Sanders to uh, 268 passing yards and right around 60% passing. He might have even been a little bit below that. He might have been in the 50s, but they did a pretty dang good job against one of the best passers in college football. I I it there there's all sorts of stuff to be happy about. There truly is. The offenses look good. Obviously, that run game is ridiculous. Um, yeah, it's just when I say the offense looks good, I I'm more talking about the run game than I am the passing game. But any anyways, I, I think the biggest takeaway here for me, what should ASU fans be? Uh, the most encouraged about it's got to be the grit. It's got to be the determination. It's got to be the chemistry these guys have with each other. Final question. I feel like I'm going to get this a lot this year, uh, but we'll go ahead and answer it whenever it pops up. And, you know, just like a weekly update almost will Herm Edwards be let go at the end of the season. And if so, what does the future of the program look like? This is just a very complicated question. There are so many factors that are going to go into this decision as to whether or not he is going to get fired. It, it could be based off of the wins and losses of this year. It could be based off of the impending NCAA recruiting violations. It could just be the team wants a change in direction and a change in culture, anything like that. There's all sorts of things that could be provoking a change at, at the, at the head coaching spot and potentially just the entirety of the football team itself. Do I think he's gone right now? mm, man, that's tough. Honestly, I can flip a coin and go either way. I'll say right now. No, because there, he still has that opportunity to be a bowl eligible team. The team does look like it's it's still bought into what Herm Edwards is putting out there. Like they it doesn't feel like they've just given up on Edwards. They haven't quit on the coach yet. They're still out there fighting. If they do fire him, what does the future look like? Outlook is bleak. I just don't know where you go from here. I'm not really sure what the what what like the best case scenario is for like a head coaching hire. Like obviously you would love to bring in like a uh, like a Matty Campbell from Iowa state. If you can somehow swing him from there, you would love to get Bill O'Brien from Alabama. You would love to see if Matt rule doesn't last in the NFL, if he would want to come back, you would love to see if you can swing Joe Brady, the offensive coordinator from the Buffalo bills to come and be a head coach. He's got college football experience. He worked with Joe Burrow when he won a Heisman at LSU. There's all sorts of like intriguing and in- and enticing exciting kind of guys but do they want to come here i think that's the biggest problem is like yeah you would you would love to be able to swing a huge name like any of those guys throw pj fleck in there too for minnesota just for what it's worth do they want to come here i don't know they, they, don't get me wrong asu has demonstrated some pretty nice patience with their with their head coaching stuff They they let todd graham here for a while they let dennis erickson here for a while and Herm Edwards has been here for a minute too. So there, there's definitely a lot of patience in this organization and the expectations are low. You know, we're looking for a bowl game every year. We're not asking for a college football playoff berth. So I, I just, I don't know. Like, do you throw money at urban Meyer? I mean, I would hate that. Cause I just, I I'll flat out be on record. He, I do not like urban Meyer. I have plenty of thoughts on him that I'm not going to put on the podcast, but it just, I just, I would not be happy if Urban Meyer ended up at Arizona State. I would have very strong opinions, but neither here nor there. We're not going to have to worry about it. He's not coming to Arizona State. The biggest thing is just what could you pull in? I, I, I don't know. And that, that's part of the reason why I feel like Herm is staying is because you just, I don't think you have a lot of pull right now in being able to bring in a big name it feels like you would have to reach for somebody like, like a name name value to try and generate conversation. It, it's, it's just, it, it's going to be very difficult for the next era whenever that is, if it's in 10 years or if it's next year for Arizona state. So I guess that's just kind of where I'm at with it, but yeah, I, I guess we'll see. I like, like I said, this is probably going to be a weekly question. I get, I see it all the time on YouTube. That's for sure. As of right now, Think he's safe, but there's plenty of time for that to change, and there's plenty of time for you guys to continue submitting your questions for the locked on Sun Devils mailbag. That is every single Thursday. Make sure you're submitting your questions wherever you get your podcast. You can tweet me on Twitter at Richie Brads 36, you can tweet at the podcast at LO underscore Sun Devils. You can DM me if you would like, you can drop it on YouTube. I always check the comments to make sure I don't miss anything. Overall, just leave your questions. I love answering them. This is one of my favorite episodes I get to do every week, and I'm really happy that is starting to get rolling. But that being said, that is the end of this uh, Locked on Sun Devils mailbag edition of the podcast. So you guys know the drill. The podcast is free and available on all platforms. Hit like and subscribe. Turn on those notifications, guys. Never miss an episode of Locked on Sun Devils. When we get back tomorrow, we're breaking down the game against Eastern Michigan. Everything you need to know offensively, defensively, plus with some bold predictions and a score prediction. So until then, I will see you guys next time. You keep it locked right here on Locked on Sun Double.